like to get through this hour, just from my portion of it, would be uh, 10 things parents consider a win with their children. I wanted to compare that list with uh, my own kids. This is a win, that's a win, etc., etc. Um, oh, I mentioned hiring managers reveal when it's okay to lie on your resume because everybody lies about certain things. And also, how to coach your brain to increase your attention span, which is something I think about on a regular basis. I, I've never lied about anything on a resume. It's I been ages since I've needed one. I don't think I have either. No, I was not going to do that. Suckers. I don't know. Well, I, I, I'm not the lion type, but I mean, like, I wouldn't make up a university or anything like that. Hmm. Well, what would I? I don't. You might spin your responsibilities to make yourself right. sound, you know, in your previous job a little more. Uh, what about rounding errors? You worked at a place for seven months. You just say I worked there for a year. Yeah, I might do that. It's close enough. Yeah, come on now. God, that's the worst part of applying for jobs is every time you filled out a form, the 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 date of when you got hired for your last job and left, and then their phone number and address. And then for every job you've your ever had. college and your high school. I remember having to look up my high school's address <laughs> because surely this employer is going to mail them a letter. Did Joe actually attend your high school? Please respond. God, and, I, and because I'm conscientious or was afraid, I don't know, that the resume police were going to come after me, I went through all the effort to come up with all that stuff instead of just writing down 123 Mockingbird Lane yeah. for all these places. <laughs> Nobody's going to ever freaking check. Right. And the phone number is 978-325-1425. That's what you put for the last one. Oh, I'm sorry. This one's different. Um, <laughs> nobody's ever going to check that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, why Why wouldn't I put, like, a, a two-year stint in the Dodgers minor league system? And a, <laughs> How's that going to help you? A degree in medieval uh, calligraphy from, you know, the University of Vermont. Just, and, that just for your own amusement? Oh, yeah. Just make myself look more colorful and well-rounded. Just more impressive in general. Uh, a, a couple quick headlines before we get into the meat of this segment. I was an intern for a, a U.S. senator, you know, when I was 18. Who's going to check? Nobody. Everybody who's a senator then is the, dead the, or running for president. <laughs> the problem with that, uh, something like that, though. Joe is, Biden actually was a senator then, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm kind of okay with putting that on a resume. I'm not okay with making up answers to questions if somebody drills down on that at all. Oh, really? What senator? Uh, Johnson. Senator Johnson from Kentucky? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Johnson. Uh, really? What'd you do for him? What kind of guy was he? Oh, oh no, I'd be boy. ready for that. It seemed like a bit of a blowhard, but really, it, at his core, he's this guy. Dedicated <laughs> his life to public service, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he'd have an absinthe at the end of a long day. That was his drink of choice, absinthe. And we'd sit around and he'd say, son, I tell you, and he told me how the government really worked. It was great. It was really enlightening. <laughs> Oh, he was a real mentor to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He was like a surrogate grandfather to me. I love the man. Yeah. See, I don't want to take it to that next level Until of lying. he passed on October 1st, 1994. So, uh, two Memorize all that. Quick headlines. Uh, we'll talk more about later. Bloomberg's in the debate tomorrow night. He qualified with the latest poll. The, they've got even higher numbers of uh, coronavirus in China, and I've got some good info on that coming up on how many people are locked down. It's amazing. It is amazing and, and, and chilling. Uh, whether it's necessary. I can't nail down how many people are actually dying of this. I mean, like the percentage of the infected, which is the key question. If you're afraid or, or just concerned or just aware of a global outbreak of a disease, what's the percentage of the fatality percentage? Anyway, uh, we'll get to that. So uh, there are a lot of things in the world that really are fairly simple questions. Almost mathematical in their simplicity. For instance, what crimes that people commit do you think they should go to jail for? Even if it's just a little bit. All of them. Or, or a good solid fine. 
If you were to ask people that, didn't put the stapler away when you're done using it. All right, you're you're not helping. Weekend in jail. But so, if you were to say, for instance, uh, burglarizing your home, should people go to jail for that? I think the vast majority of people would say yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, smashing uh, into your car and stealing all your stuff or whatever, maybe just a weekend, maybe a week in jail, whatever. If you were to poll Americans on that, and then tell them, all right, this is the number of people who violate these laws and get convicted of it. That would be, well, I mean, with, you know, whatever formulas you need for how many jail cells you need at a certain time, that would be the number of jail cells most Americans would say we need. We need enough jail cells to hold the people who break laws for which the law says you go to jail if you break them. That's not that complicated a notion. I think the, the, the progressive side of thing throws these uh, things throws these greeting card uh, level, uh, you know, slogans at us. Build schools, not jails. Well, anybody with the least bit of sense would say, build as many schools as we need and as many jails as we need and set the taxes where they ought to be to build those things and quit squandering the money on crap. Uh, but no, that, <laughs> That's that, a pretty simple formula right there. Well, and like I have a Ph.D. in criminal science. Over, well, I do, actually, on my resume. <laughs> it was Senator Johnson who advised me to get it. The best advice I ever got. <laughs> over absent. Oh, my God. Yes, he's easy. Just try a little, son. You'll get used to the taste. Uh, it's really a pretty s- simple notion and a reasonable one. But then again, the other side responds with, uh, you know, bouquets of rhetorical flowers that are supposed to distract and grab hold of our emotions and twist us. But having said that, you got a couple of experiments going on in decriminalizing crime. One in Cal Unicornia, where realism goes to die. The sort of analysis I suggested is so utterly foreign to California, nobody even engages in anymore. But also New York City, where Bill de Blasio is conducting his experiment in in far-left blueness, including suspending, like California has, uh, a cash bail, and decriminalizing a lot of crimes up, you know, anything below, you know, stabbing somebody in the heart. You'll probably just get a citation to be turned loose. San Francisco has is, is gone down this road. But uh, Tucker Carlson did a, a good featurette on this uh, last night. Uh, one particularly notorious subway thief. Clip 33, please. Speaking of law and order, New York's new bail reform law has proven to be a real blessing for criminals across the country. Charles Barry is a serial criminal. He works on the New York subway informally. He's been arrested there 139 times including six times just this year, and it's still February. After each one of these arrests, he's been released immediately after a hearing. But after his most recent arrest on Saturday, Murray gloated about the power New York's new laws give him. Quote, bail reform, it's lit. It's the Democrats. The Democrats know me and the Republicans fear me. You can't touch me. I can't be stopped. Verbatim quote. Murray then bragged about the money he had stolen, for which so far he's faced zero consequences. Yeah, he said, $300, $300 a day, your money, you crackers. <laughs> so, a little racial epithet thrown in there at the end. So, this guy brags about stealing $300 a day. He's been arrested 100 and, was it 63 times? Yeah, that's and and just no, no jail time for him. Just turn him loose again, right back on the streets to do crimes. Six times this year, the year is approximately six weeks old. You want to uh, you want to uh, find out about jail? When this guy tries to rob you, defend yourself. Punch him in the face or something like that. Take him down. Hold him for the cops. You'll probably get arrested for uh, you know assault and battery. Who owns our cities and states? The citizens, the law-abiding, or the criminals and the junkies? 
Ask your council that. Ask your cops that. Ask your mayor that. Or just look around you and the message becomes pretty clear. But can you imagine? I mean, I grant that this guy's not being arrested for capital murder or or burglary of an occupied residence or anything like that, but 163 times? Well, the, it's not time to get him off the streets? I have had very few brushes with the the judicial system and law enforcement system or all of it together. I've had very few brushes with it in my life, thank goodness. And most of us don't. Most of us don't, much in our lives. But most of the time when you finally do, you're shocked. Oh, yeah. And the, the the best example being the when the homeless guy threatened my family, you know, being told by uh, lawyers and DAs and stuff like that, not, there's really nobody's going to put this guy in jail. I mean, and to me, you can do that. You can you can go out on the street and do that to people, and you won't go to jail for it. No, mm-hmm. we got we got room for people to do stuff like that. Sure, uh, actual assaults, terroristic threats, all sorts. I mean, of stuff. I mean, that was mind blowing done. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? We we haven't had one of those panels And that's what we while. all find out. Most of us find out when we get our car broken into or our house robbed or, or whatever happens. We find it. There's, there's no really no penalty for that. No, we got nowhere to put these people. There aren't enough jail cells. We ought to do a panel of district attorneys. Gather DAs from around, you know, around the country. Well, it's a political position. I don't know how honest they could be. Mm, depends where they are. I mean, you've got that. Uh, you got the communist in San Francisco. He's not going to be honest, but there are a number of good, hardworking DAs who will tell you this. We have to let violent criminals back on the street because we have nowhere to put them. If you saw the list of people who got pretty sweet plea deals, because the DAs are desperate, they just, they're out of cells. It, it, I think Mr. and Mrs. America assumes that, well, those are people or maybe gotten a little fist fight outside a bar or something like that. You know, they're not really criminals. But no, if you were to see the list of hardcore, nasty, scary criminals who get loose, set loose, time after time after time, you would be outraged. But, I don't know, they don't tend to publicize it because it would scare people and freak them out, and, and people would probably shout at the DA saying, well, you got it's your job, you got to put these people behind bars. They're thinking, what bars? Like, you know, your local, your local neighborhood bar? Okay, well, this, this, this is what it seems like to me. Tell me if, whether or not this is a fair statement. Okay. N- running counter to something you might hear on the debate stage tomorrow night about we're the most incarcerated country in the world and we have people behind bars, blah, blah, blah. We need way more jails and way more people behind bars. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a, just a, a true statement? Well, it may be troubling to you, but we need enough cells to hold the people who break the law. And that does, clearly doesn't seem to be the case. No, absolutely not. It's not so, even close. So a true thing to say, I'm not sure anybody on either, in either party would ever say this on stage. But it's just true. We need more jails and more people in jail. Yeah. And and listen, uh, the reply from the left might be uh, essentially that, well, that's not going to solve the problem. Well, number one, it wouldn't help. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. Uh, number two, if there are proposals that will d- lessen young people's tendency to get into crime, uh, education, you know, uh, mentoring programs, whatever, I'm absolutely willing to listen. But to say that we can't have jails until we have the other stuff, uh, how how in the world is that protecting law-abiding people? I don't run on that. a platform of more people in jail. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think most people would agree with that, I think. I think once it was explained to them, once you got past the idiotic greeting card rhetoric. But, yeah. Things. It is what it is. Lock your doors, own a firearm, get a big dog like me, and go, <laughs> and if anybody ho- gets close to your and house. And hope you get lucky. Yes. Exactly. Um, things you can lie about on your resume, among other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Weinstein case goes to the jury today, and I'm thinking he's going to walk. Uh, but if he if he does, we'll talk more about that. Um, There's reasonable doubt, man. It's a shame. If if you were presented with the information those jurors were presented with, you'd probably let him walk too, just based on my reading of it. If you didn't know the backstory, and you're not supposed to know the backstory. Oh, by the way, uh, well, again, I'll save that for when the verdict comes out, and everybody's saying, "How could this happen?" Um. There are 150 million people basically on lockdown in China, at least. More on that coming up. 150 million. Half the population of our entire country. Now, come on, China. More or less locked in their house. Of course, that's a drop in the bucket with their population. Uh, Don, there's one other thing I was going to mention. Oh, just saw this headline. Perhaps we'll we'll get to this later. This is like a local news, TV news sort of headline. Mm-hmm. A pigeon that can't fly befriended a puppy that can't walk, and it's as cute as it sounds. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. If you like that sort of thing, you like that sort of thing. And God bless you. You're probably a good person. Yeah, you probably are. You're certainly harmless. 400 hiring managers reveal when it's okay to lie on your resume. As Joe and I both stated, neither one of us have ever lied on a resume that we can remember. I, I don't think I have. I'd always be afraid of getting caught in it being horrifyingly embarrassing. Right, and I think some of us have tried to live a life that was worthy of being hired for whatever job we were looking for, you know, without cheating. You know what I mean? Right. You try to say, I did a good job at my last gig. Ask him if you want. God, I was Although you can't anymore because of liability concerns. I was listening to Jordan Peterson on a YouTube podcast the other day about the... the uh, some stuff out of the Bible and living your life the right way and how things will turn out better for you. And that's the whole point of the Bible and everything like that. It was so damned interesting. That's right, Mr. President. I really ought to listen to that. And, but it was, it, was, it, was just, it was basically the idea of uh, if you do what you're supposed to do, and we all basically know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, if you do what you're supposed to do, things will turn out fine. They just will. They do for almost everybody. Yeah, in the main, sure, barring some dread disease coming along or something like that, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah, getting yeah. hit by a bus or, uh, you, know, you know, that's life. Yeah, that is, that is you know, that's the randomness of life. But in general, you do the stuff you're supposed to do, and we, like I said, we all know what that is, yeah. and things will turn out fine. You start doing things you're not supposed to do, whether it's stealing or cheating on your wife or the, whatever you're doing, and that's when things get very complicated. Booze, drugs. Yeah. In excess, obviously. Even Jesus, you know, a little wine for the uh, wedding party. And it, We're out of wine, I got this. And it includes, you know, uh, eating right and, 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 and all, exercising, all kinds of stuff. Sure. We, we create so many of the problems we have. As a different psychologist I was listening to the other day on some YouTube video about how we're, we're a beast that has that unique among all beasts and that we make ourselves miserable. Other beasts don't do that. <laughs> we yes. make ourselves miserable. Right. All the time. It's crazy. By by buying stuff we don't need so we run out of money or eating stuff we shouldn't eat so we're fat and we have health problems or all kinds of things. We make ourselves miserable. We get into relationships that are bad for us. Chasing the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. beasts don't do that. Oh, hey, very briefly, I wanted to extend the invitation. If you're in law enforcement, a district attorney, a prosecutor, something like that, and 
and want to uh, shout either an amen or here's what you're getting wrong uh, on the previous segment, uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is the way you email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or you can uh, text 415-295-KFTC. I'm afraid I've used up all our time practically. Well, anyway. Yeah. Yes, yes, you have. Well, no, but it was good. It was fine. I was, hope so. that, You may have changed people's lives. Instead of yakking about whatever crap you got in your hand there. I mean, that's garbage compared to what you were just saying. You helped me. <laughs> well, everything is you garbage. You should be proud of yourself. Everything is garbage oh. compared to that. Yeah. The Bible! It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Jesus quote, and I don't have it memorized. It's the, you know, the the, the flowers don't need to worry. The, the, don't worry about today, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. The idea of that is not, hey, man, do whatever you want. Everything will be fine. It's the do what you're supposed to do today, and tomorrow will be fine. Mm. I don't like that one as much. Your whole life, that will be the case. Mm, do you the stuff you're supposed reap to do. what you have sown. Exactly. You Dumbass. Go back to the part about I get to do whatever I want. (laughs) Well, a lot of people interpret it that way. That has been an an interpretation of that Jesus quote for centuries. Let it all hang out, man. Do what you want. God will take care of us. Or mocking that, the idea that everything will be fine tomorrow. No, the idea is do what you're supposed to do today. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And that's true almost entirely. Even stupid, stupid farmers that Mike Bloomberg looks down on know that. we got to revisit the that. whole basis of what they do. Why on your resume? can kick down a barn. That's right. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But, uh, yeah, Bernie Sanders won Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, he is he's also leading in the national polls, which means we have a new frontrunner, Michael Bloomberg. He said, what the f***? Well, Bloomberg must be the frontrunner because liberals are calling him a racist. Keep booing. That's how you lost the last election. That's a interesting commentary from Bill Maher. <laughs> that is pretty good. To his own crowd that obviously wasn't sure how to react to that. Right. <laughs> Wait, I called him a racist today. The <laughs> whole calling people racists for everything thing is doing precisely what I hoped it would. It's extinguishing itself. It's actually doing a pretty good job of that. Um, new poll out, and the only reason I mention this is it gets Bloomberg on the stage for the debate tomorrow night. Bloomberg is now at 19% in second place in a national poll. He went from 4 to 19 in a month and a half, and all he had to do was spend $400 million. It's but will that it easy. last? Uh, who knows? Bernie is number one by a lot at 31. Yeah, Bernie is now number one by a lot nationally, mm. and Biden is down at 15. Bernie has doubled up, doubled up Biden nationally. But anyway, yeah. debate tomorrow night, and we'll talk about it then. If anything happens, and if it doesn't, we won't talk about it at all. Um, 400 hiring managers, managers reveal when it's okay to lie on your resume. I'll just read this as it's written. You've probably lied on your resume, and your hirer knew it. I have not lied on my resume. This is the finding of a study of 800 job applicants and hiring managers, 400 on each side, by a company that vets job applicants. Of the whopping 78% of applicants who misrepresent themselves on resumes, this is how they do it. 78% misrepresent themselves. Well, as we as we said, you might you might uh, exaggerate a little your duties 
at a job or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if that's lying. Anyway. I managed this as opposed to I was managed. You know. That's a stretch. 39% claim a degree from a more prestigious university. Nobody's ever really? checked that. Really? 40% of people say they went to... Yeah. Back to the elite university thing. Well, I think the key I is... I hate you. I think the key would be to not go with Harvard, Yale, or Stanford. You just go from... A community college thing to some state school yeah, somewhere. and nobody's yeah. ever going to check that. So just move up one class. By the way, you're lying about something that doesn't matter. Right. So that's that's one of the reasons they ignore that lie, because who freaking cares? You may well have gotten a much better education at your lesser school. Uh, that can't be possibly true. Well, it's, That is impossible. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the more you spend and the bigger the buildings, the better the education. We all know that. Everybody knows that. Is Lori Laughlin's child there or not? <laughs> 41% alter titles such as manager to director. You change manager to director. Mm. Okay. I was the director of cleaning the bathrooms at the first radio job I had. Oh, those don't sales, remind those me. Those salespeople were disgusting, too. Oof. End of a long time. sick enough. 42% make up relevant experiences. Okay. 45% falsify reasons for leaving a prior job. Uh, you're not going to say the boss was a, uh, an idiot. <laughs> I got caught stealing the coffee. <laughs> I, I think shading reasons you left your previous job, that one is very, very common. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, especially because haven't we all heard the wisdom, don't be negative about your last job. It shows that you're a negative person and blah, blah, blah. So we all try to go with, I uh, felt like I would have better opportunities somewhere else where they didn't hit me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Where the work wasn't mind-numbing and insulting to my very dignity as a human. Do you think that holds up the idea of don't ever say negative anything negative about your previous employers? I don't know if that makes sense in the real world. you got to be careful. I think if you're reasonably effective at speaking, you can twist it and twist it. Uh, you, can, you can make it into something that sounds positive. I felt like the the team environment there was not productive. There was a lot of backbiting and hostility, and I'm really looking for a place where people can join together and do great work. That's negative, but it's positive, as opposed to, they're a-holes. They didn't like me because I'm not from there. It was all about who you know. Right. (laughs) It's not even who you know, it's who you bleep. (laughs) If you come off like that, it's not good. Uh, hilarious. Uh, half of people claim longer tenures at jobs to omit an employer. I think I may have done that one. Oh, look I out. think I may have done that one. There was a period of time when I was living in Kansas City where I had a lot of jobs. And there was one job I did. Uh, I'm not sure that guy would have said nice things about me. Mm. So I kind of made this one a little longer at the beginning again, that one a little longer at the end, and they touched. You know what I mean? So there's not a gap. Yeah. To try to put in that other job. Yeah. Yeah. They may have done that. But. So that half of people do that. And 60% claim mastery in skills in which they are not masters. I'm an ex- excellent flute player. Uh, <laughs> I'm a black belt in Krav Maga. I think it, it's probably more like, uh, you know, in uh, Excel or, right. you know, one of your computer programs or something. I've always wanted to buy a uh, royal title, be an archduke or something like that. 
Uh, I wonder, do people ever say that? I'm actually well, do you, an Archduke. Do you remember uh, <laughs> our old producer, Dominic, uh, God rest his soul? Yes. Um, he said in Hollywood, you always say yes. He said, whatever, they, they say, can you ride a horse? He said, absolutely. Yeah. You just, you know, you, you just get the job, and then you figure it out later. Mm-hmm. You know, can you do martial arts? This is a movie. Oh, oh of course. Martial arts? <laughs> I teach. Yeah. He just always say yes. Of course, yeah. he was he was the sort of person that would do that, whether he was in Hollywood or not. <laughs> it was just kind of his thing. But I hate to speak ill of the dead, but he was a congenital liar. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, boy. Uh... Hiring managers, it turns out, are completely aware of this. Two-thirds say they hire liars anyway when other good candidates are not available. What hirers won't tolerate is faked references, which they say is the worst thing an applicant could submit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So having your buddy be the uh, former VP of accounting there at uh, Dude, Norwell I need you for the next three days. Every time you answer the phone, I need you to say Cornwall Industries. Yeah. <laughs> Could you do that for me? Just don't ask questions. No right. problem is what I would say because I'm a good friend. Exactly. Yes. Cornwall Industries. Oh, Jack was a fine employee. Oh. We, we hated to see him go. We we know he we knew he was too good for us, though. We knew he was bound for great things. All the women wanted to have his baby, all the men wanted to be him. <laughs> oh yeah, people are always saying that in reference. <laughs> Hiring managers are most understanding about inflated GPAs. Nearly nearly 92% said that they would still consider hiring somebody who would increase their GPA. From okay. 1.8 to 3.8. You know. I've, I've never had a job where having a higher GPA would have made any difference. But no. so I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't know what the yeah, rest of the I world's mean, like. This varies so much from field to field. Sure. Especially these days. You're some... A kick-ass coder. Nobody cares what you got in English 101. Right. That sort of thing. Plus, haven't study Sorry, after study showed that B students end up being more successful yeah. than A students yeah. because they figure out what they're interested in and they get after it hard as opposed to just kind of running themselves ragged. Plus, in college, it's all about who you know. You got a kid's ass <laughs> no, to get no, a good it's grade. Not. That's what I found out. No, that's what know, I put on my resume. Just bad at it. Old, old boss had it out for me. <laughs> exactly. Or in. He was a jerk. Way. Oh, boy. All right. So They were all jealous of me. That's why they didn't like me. That old job. Everybody was jealous of me. That that plays well. Yes, say that. Definitely. (laughs) Put that in your cover letter. Uh, If you are uh, preparing to fake up a resume, do we have that under our uh, our, uh, hot links, or what are we calling it these days? The pile. Why did we change it? Let's put it under recipes. Oh, boy. Hot links is good because it's links. And they're hot. There you go. All right, we're changing it back. Fantastic. There you have it. Uh, next hour, we will get into Bloomberg. Did he really step in it with his tasseled loafer by saying <laughs> what he said about farmers? We'll get into that next hour. Yes, and the liberal Atlantic out with an, a study and an article about, yeah, it turns out uh, conservative college students are heavily self-censoring themselves. To avoid headaches and the accepting and open minded among us are not on the left to a shocking degree. The what's the word I'm looking for that you frequent the, the welcoming, the broad minded, the the uh, you know, all that stuff is not happening on the left on college campuses, which doesn't come as a shock to those of us who are aware of the issue. But um, acceptance is not a progressive uh, quality right now, which is pretty ironic. But we'll get to that. 
and a bunch of other good stuff. Cool. My gosh, there's, uh, there's just too much to get Houston to. Houston Astros can you t- continue to take a beating <laughs> as a bunch of lying cheaters. As they should. Oh, and a woman tried to uh, d- d- get my $10,000 reward for bringing a horse onto a plane. No. Did she qualify? Gotcha. We'll have that next. Um, our text line is 415-295-KFTC, and we've got a number of great texts on topics we've uh, hit on today. Maybe I'll read those a little bit later on, um, well, on everything. Sounds good. First, you know, if you're active, you follow politics, you probably know Maxine Waters. She's a congress lady from the L.A. area. Um, you know, I could describe her from my point of view, but what would be the point? Why don't we let her uh, describe herself in her own words? She's explaining here why she thinks California should be more uh, important or sooner or something in uh, national politics. And her reasoning is, well, it's just delightful. California has moved up uh, its primary. It's going to assert more weight uh, going forward. Iowa obviously will assert less. So how do you think that's going to affect who becomes the nominee in your party this time around and in the future? Well, I think my state is extremely important. And that is why we moved up our primary. As you know, we have candidates who fly out to Los Angeles from everywhere to raise money. As a matter of fact, it had gotten so that you would have two, three, four at a time in Beverly Hills having dinners. Uh, and some of our contributors who were very rich were holding, you know, fancy parties, uh, trying to accommodate the request for donations and contributions. And so, you know, the conclusion, the thinking is that If we are supplying tremendous dollars to candidates, we ought to have more say. And, of course, beyond that, a lot of people have come to the conclusion that it should not simply be Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, that certainly they are not reflective of the makeup of this country. And so California has a role to play. So because of the fancy fundraising parties... California should have a bigger say. I like the way she... What was that accent? Iowa and New Hampshire. A lot of people have come to the conclusion that it should not simply be Iowa and New Hampshire. Because uh, certainly you know, they- Iowa is so highfalutin, <laughs> as is New Hampshire. That is interesting. Sometimes you have three, four candidates at the same time in Beverly Hills. <gasps> that is true. Just a couple of houses away from each other raising money. Right. That's from something. the super rich. Therefore... California should have an outsized... That's some odd reasoning. Yeah, I don't get the connection there, but uh, the fundraising aspect of it is interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, fancy parties. I do know fancy parties. (laughs) Just look at me. I do love a fancy party. I'm wearing denim head to toe. We know fancy fancy parties. Fancy Joe, they Mm -hmm. used to call me. (laughs) Back when I was even fancier. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Oh, so a woman uh, is not eligible for the Joe Getty $10,000 prize for successfully getting a full-grown horse. Onto a American airliner uh, and passing it off as a service animal. This is indeed a miniature horse. We've made it clear that no, it has to be like a full-grown equine. Would that it were. Would that it were. A Michigan woman has a well-trained horse. It doesn't poo or anything, um, and it says "service horse" on it, and has a bunch of uh, different 
uh, clothing on it that identifies it as a service horse. I'd imagine you could buy that at servicehorse.com, and there probably aren't any standards. But, yes, she bought two first-class uh, seats on the bulkhead. That'd be expensive. And the little horse uh, stood there uh, as, as obedient as can be, hmm? just waited for the flight to be over. Had no, poop, no prize. Was it wearing a diaper? No, it do, it's trained. It's house trained. Huh, okay. And she says it's more obedient than most dogs. Of course, <clears> most <throat> dogs are not the least bit obedient. But. True that. <laughs> um, a couple of texts we got. Um, Joe mentioned the idea of being afraid to speak your mind on college campuses as a conservative. we got more on that coming up. Yes. It starts way before college, said this texter. A couple of weeks ago in my school library, a fourth grader felt the need to whisper a request for a biography of Trump. I don't doubt that. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that. Absolutely. I want to write a paper on the president. That okay? Which president? Um, I had a friend act as my, on resumes. I had a friend act as my former boss for a reference check. He was unemployed, and it gave me what is now a career with a major organization. Best choice I ever made, lying for a job. Fraud! She so had a friend pretend to be boss. Oh, yeah, Jim was fantastic. We're going to find out who you are and expose you, sir or madam. Chuck, How dare you? Chuck Barris, for people who know that name, hosted the Gong Show and a huge magnate in the world of television in all kinds of different ways. Um, uh, Chuck Barris put the names of the heads of NBC on his resume as references, even though he didn't know any of them when he got the job. That's how he got started at NBC. Wow. I think he, I remember that from his autobiography. He would famously, uh, on the Gong Show, anytime that there was a dog act on the show, he would put raw hamburger meat in his pants pockets so the dogs would just go crazy when they got on stage and would start jumping on his leg. And he was a kooky man. Yeah. His autobiography is one of my favorite books I've ever read in my life. Is that the one where he, he kind of, quote-unquote, kind of pretends to be a spy of some no, sort? No, that was, a, that was a different one. Okay. But, yeah, that, that Confessions of a Dangerous Mind yeah, yeah, ended yeah. up being a George Clooney movie. Yeah, I don't know what that all was. I have no idea if that was true or not. He was, he was hard to figure out. Mm. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, but a quick email on that topic. Uh, hey, folks, I mainly worked in the Fortune 500, writes uh, Al. In fact, they did follow up on info on applications. Citizenship had to be proven. College was checked. Um, and people were let go for falsifying info. <laughs> Allergies. Sorry. Um, or the CV. Pardon me? Coronavirus. China. Oh, that's funny. I thought you were talking about curriculum vitae, which is another uh, name for a resume. I saw all sorts of resumes, and it was pretty easy to sniff out those embellishments, and it was easy to ask questions to get a sense of a person's skill set and accuracy that they professed over the years, 45 years. I easily interviewed 500-plus folks and hired about 100 and 150. Um, I never tried to catch a person or have trick questions. I looked for three main things. Can this person do the job? Will he, she fit in, contribute? Is there headroom for this person to grow and expand? That keeps them interested. Can they Thanks, do the Frank. job? Will they fit in? That's a good one. Of course, you got to be careful with that one. You know, you can't say somebody's uh, well. You're not going to fit in because you're Hispanic. <laughs> no, you can't say that. No, and that wouldn't be a nice thing. To, I mean, it wouldn't be proper in all kinds of different ways. Well, and you'd miss out on talent, so that would make you an idiot. Harvey Weinstein's lawyer wrote an op-ed saying that jurors should look past the headlines, uh, and had it published today, the day the trial goes to the jury. That's odd. A former Manhattan prosecutor turned defense lawyer named Mark Ubedero, which there's a million of these kind of people on cable news channels. But anyway, this person said, this case has seen many odd moments, but addressing the jury in an editorial piece immediately before the jury gets the case is unlike anything I've ever seen. 
that could earn a sanction from the judge. And I mean, the jurors are supposed to stay away from coverage. Well, right. They, they shouldn't see it, Why right? publish it if not to hope to get one or Excellent two? Excellent point. It almost certainly violates the rule of professional responsibility regarding prejudicial, extrajudicial statements by parties. Um, yeah, you're right. Why would you write it if you weren't trying to influence the jury in any way? You could have written it after it happened or whenever. You might be trying to influence the next jury. One of the angles of this I find pretty interesting. Because there will be more trials. And this comes down a little bit on Ronan Farrow and a number of others. There's a lot of stuff that has come out in this trial that helps Harvey Weinstein that was let that was left out of some of those books and reports that Ronan Farrow and a variety of other people did about what an awful guy Harvey yeah. Weinstein is. Mm. Harvey Weinstein is a monster. He should spend the rest of his life in prison. I believe that that's true without a doubt. But all those exposés about him left out a lot of the stuff that made these women look super kooky and, uh, you know, a lot of things that make you say, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah. And why? Why do you do that? I mean, good journalism, you should include it all, not just the stuff that helps your argument. Wouldn't have gotten nearly as much attention. Correct. Yeah. People like a good monster. They like a good outrage. They don't like subtlety and And ambivalence and on the other hand. Even if you come to the conclusion like a monster? Can't you can't you handle the the, the fact that these women there? Eh, this is kind of weird. No, that they stayed in the relationship this long. That they said I love you this many times. You want to maximize your clicks. The more complicated you make it, the fewer clicks you get. Yeah. Get them clicks. 